0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Cohen Davis, wide open. Davis, still going, and he's in for the touchdown. he hit immediately he yes. got the handoff.
2: You know and that's, that's <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studios This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And it's time for part 2 of our 2021 New York Jets offseason review With our friend covering the Jets for the Associated Press Where he has now been for 25 years, Mr. Dennis Wozak And yesterday, Dennis, we left off talking about Zach Wilson And you brought up Ken O'Brien Ken O'Brien was the last quarterback the Jets had who gave them Productive years over a long period of time. As you mentioned yesterday, Chad Pennington had the shoulder injuries, and he was there for a few years. He started in 2002. Finished up at the end of 2007 Rough year for him And then he moved on to Miami He also had some injuries in between there But Kenny was here for seven and a half years And while a lot of people underrate him Because of Dan Marino We watch Kenny, we know He was a good player He was a heck of a quarterback Seven and a half seasons Three Pro Bowl years Jets fans would have killed for that Over the last 10 years especially (laughs) But they also would have killed for an offensive line That could protect a young Kenny O'Brien Or in this case a young Zach Wilson In a way that they didn't protect a young Sam Darnold So Dennis, they went out and tried to put a piece in place To help do that Last year they got Makai Becton This year they moved up from 23-14 to To get Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard slash tackle at a USC. Looks like he's probably going to play guard on the left side of that line with Makai Becton. There's been some grumblings in the analytics community that maybe the Jets gave up a little too much because they traded up two third rounders. They got back a fourth. People tend to forget that. So they basically flipped a late third for a late fourth and gave up a third. But in doing so, they may have gotten themselves a blue-chip prospect. What do you think of Vera Tucker as a player, and what did you think of the move that the Jets made? Because personally, I love that they got aggressive. I didn't think it was that big of a deal what they gave up. Maybe it was a slight overpay when you're looking at the draft chart. But the way I look at it, Dennis, and we're both major concert goers. We go to concerts all the time. If you want a beer at a concert or a hot dog at a concert, you pay a little bit above sticker price, and it's not that big of a deal. You're still very happy to have the hot dog, or you're still very happy to have the beer. So if he ends up being what they think he can be, if they paid a little bit above market value based on the draft chart, I'm not really that upset about it.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on that. Um, I thought uh, when you have a guy who's on your – uh, you know, on your chart, uh, you know, and you've got him listed that high and you really want him and you think he is a perfect fit and you can get him by doing what you did. I, I, don't, I don't really care about the analytics in this, in this you know, situation. I, I think when you look, you got a quarterback at number two and you got a left guard at number 14 who will pair with Makai Becton your first round pick from last year, you've got the two protectors now on the left side. And it doesn't matter. Like there's such a, it's such a crapshoot, you know, they draft for anybody. I mean, Zach Wilson, you know, who knows, but when you're talking about like, well, they gave this up, then third and other, like, man, really like they acknowledge that Vera Tucker was in their top 15. You know, he, he was there and and Elijah Moore, was up there too and when you end up coming away from a draft and getting three of those guys like you've won at least in your mind and whatever you had to do to do that you you did it and and I have no qualms with that uh, moving up because really what have we talked about over the last several years just the picks that have missed and this one and the second rounders never work out and the third and that like whatever you know we who knows what they would have done and and i mean if you got a guy like i said that is a top 15 pick and you got him to play left guard for the next 10 years next to your left tackle who you hope to have for the next 10 years in front of your now franchise quarterback like that i mean it's perfect like you've you've done your job and whatever that costs i i think will be outweighed now. People say, well, Vera Tucker now needs to be the number one or number two card, you know, left guard in the NFL based on the analytics, whatever, like that's, he needs to produce for the jets and protect this quarterback. And if he does that, everybody will be happy, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. that's just the way it goes. And as it turned out, they ended up getting Elijah Moore in the second round. And then they go and get Michael Carter in the fourth round, who they also had very high. So, I think it was, it, it, it was played well. I, I don't have any qualms with it, and uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not big on that the analytics when it comes to that kind of stuff and the trade value and all that. I think in this case it was close enough to where you can roll the dice and take a gamble on a guy who you hope to be a, a, uh, a cornerstone or part of the brick wall in front of your franchise quarterback for the next decade.
1: Dennis, I was going to ask you about Elijah Moore and Michael Carter too Because a lot of what people said was They could have stayed at 23 and picked X, Y, or Z But it sounds like if they'd stayed at number 23 They would have drafted Elijah Moore Who they got at number 34 And one of the draft picks that they traded That Seattle third rounder Probably would have been used on Michael Carter if it hadn't been traded. So all's well that ends well, as far as I'm concerned, you can make a case that they overpaid like we were talking about before. But if you walk out of this draft with four players that you really, really like in those first four rounds and those four guys in this case being Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Elijah Vera Tucker and Michael Carter. You've got to consider that a win from your standpoint. What do you think of what they did with those first four picks? Did you like the all-offense strategy? And what do you think specifically about Elijah Moore and Michael Carter? Because it really feels like they're putting playmakers around Zach Wilson in a way that we haven't seen, if we're being honest about it, since Mark Sanchez was here. Now, we hope that Zach Wilson ends up being a better quarterback than Sanchez. But when Sanchez got here, there were playmakers here that helped elevate him. It looks like the Jets are looking back at that and trying to learn from it and trying to surround Zach Wilson with the same level of talent that Mark Sanchez was. Into. It's going to be a multi-year process Because the Jets were already built up By the time that Sanchez came in here But still it seems like that's the blueprint That they're trying to work off of
2: Yeah, definitely Because I think um, Joe Douglas Has been here now a few years He saw what was lacking And he acknowledged that he didn't do A good enough job Kind of you know, getting the guys around uh, Darnold that he needed to, to do, you know, to get. And um, Adam Gase acknowledged he didn't develop the quarterback enough. So now what you do is, okay, now you have a new quarterback. You're not going to make those same mistakes. And And Joe Douglas knows his job depends on it. You know, he knows he's got to bring in people who are going to produce and work with this quarterback and be productive with this quarterback. So when you look at, uh, Elijah Moore and, and you look at what he can do and how he can um, complement the other guys that they have already I mean it that it just man a, a, that that guy is a physical talent he's um, you know he, he was number one in receiving yards per game and he's he's got that that change of direction he could play the slot or he could play outside he could play different ways and you you think about what he could do and if you put Crowder out there too and you put Mims and remember Mims was a guy that, that they, you know, ended up trading down, but really wanting and then ended up getting him too last year. So it's those kind of things have worked out for Joe Douglas the past couple of years where he's gambled and kind of traded and gotten some guys and, and they've fallen to him. So, um, yeah. I, like, I really like Elijah Moore and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing that he didn't go earlier, you know, that, that he didn't uh, move up just what he can do, just the way he can get separation. And um, you see the videos and, you know, the mm-hmm. film of him and that way he can stop and start like on a dime and just go. And um, man, that, what a, what a piece in, in an offense that you can be creative with, you know, and then you look at Michael Carter Who's also a creative guy, and you see what he can do, and and the, his vision, and and what he can um, you know do in space. You just put all of those guys together. When you look at those first four picks, it's like okay, you got your quarterback. Now you've bolstered the left side of your line with Vera Tucker. You've added a very creative, versatile weapon at wide receiver at with Elijah Moore, and then Michael Carter. You did the same thing at running back, and now you have a mix of running backs who can all do kind of different things, and you can mix and match and and see how that, like I said earlier, how that plays out in that room. It was surprising that they went all offense with the first four picks, but when you look at what they did, it's like, okay, you've got, again, a quarterback you hope is here for a decade. The same with the guard and the wide receiver and the running back. Like These are all guys who can, can develop and grow together where... Three years from now, these guys are the core. These guys are the veteran uh, guys that you're looking at, at Zach Wilson and Mims and Becton and Moore and Vera Tucker and Carter. Like, wow, okay, they have this young core on offense that they're building around. And that's the key. What happened with Sanchez, they started, you know, putting some guys in and taking guys out, and, and they didn't build on what they had. You talked, to guys like Damian Woody and Fanica and guys, you know, those guys ended up like not around for the long haul. And you know, Thomas Jones and so you need to have these young guys where now they can really devote the next several years to having this young core together because it's not just the veterans who are here for the next year or two. These guys are going to be here, you hope, four, five, six, seven more years and and moving forward. So yeah, I really liked that, you know, that they were able to get guys who they genuinely, because we hear teams say they love every pick they make, but genuinely wanted all four of those guys. They were very high on their list. So, um, you know, that, that was nice to see. And and it was nice to see them, them go all offense after so much defense uh, over the last several years. And that hadn't worked, you know, hadn't worked out a lot. And, I mean, a lot of those guys aren't even here anymore.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere Chumba Casino. dot com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: They went all offense early, Dennis But then the rest of the draft After round four It was all defense They were just picking A lot of players That they think might be able to be Pieces they can use They got a lot of guys also In undrafted free agency What did you think of what they did After they made those first four picks On offense and then as far as filling holes in undrafted free agency and even after the draft, what you think of the moves that they made to get a guy who's fairly high profile like a Kenny Yaboa or a Hamilcar Rashid Jr., guys that were pretty well sought after after the draft by teams that had overlooked them during the process. And then they still have some holes that they weren't able to fill in free agency or the draft. Do you think that there are still going to be some more moves to come, perhaps a cornerback after June first or during training camp cuts?
2: First off, with the the defense, I did like that um, over the last six picks, when they went with you know the guys like um, Sherwood and um, HamSA from Florida State, guys who were safeties that are going to be like hybrid linebackers, uh, Michael Carter from Duke. Uh, Jason Pinnock from uh, Pitt, who's a cornerback, Brandon Eccles from Kentucky, all those guys can be pieces. Now, I'm not sure who can be starter material right off the bat, but you see that, especially with Sherwood and uh, uh, Hamza, but those, those two guys right there are guys who will be perfect fits in terms of what Sala wants to do with the defense and just having guys who can play multiple ro- roles and be, be, uh, versatile. So I think that was, it was clear that that's what they were doing with those guys who are physical enough to play up and, and could play linebacker, but could also drop the safety and he can mix and match. And I think that also plays into what they're going to be doing in the back end with some of the question marks that are there where if you have these guys who you can kind of rotate in and knowing that you have a very stout, solid defensive line, you can do that and you can be creative, um, you know, from the linebackers back. And if CJ Mosley is healthy and is playing, like, you know, you have that guy in the middle of the linebacking core. So you could, there's so many different things that you could do. So some of those guys, it just, it, it was their natural fits into what, he wants to do Salah over the next you know year or season or two. Um, as far as some of the uh, undrafted free agents, uh, I, I like the uh, like Isaiah Dunn. You know that was that was a nice move there. I mean, you never know with some of these guys because bless Austin right now is is uh, expected to be a starter, right? And look where they got him in the draft a few years ago from Rutgers. And um, you know maybe one of these guys comes out and and is is solid enough to, to be that guy. I mean, you know, um, Bryce Hall was promising in spurts last year. Um, but yeah, Isaiah Dunn might, might be a guy who comes out of that undrafted class. Um, you mentioned um, Rasheed jr. You know, from Oregon state, that's a guy who can add to that line, you know, it, like he's physical, he's, he's strong. He, he can, he, he could be one of those guys also that becomes, Uh, Like a Snacks Harrison that that nobody really, you know, expected because they had so much on the line that, you know, boom, okay, you you can't not keep that guy. So he'll be fun to see. And then you you mentioned uh, Kenny that He's an interesting case also because look at that tight end room because you don't really know how that's going to play out either with Herndon and Griffin. They have Daniel Brown. They signed Tyler Croft. They have Wesco, who it appears is going to be the fullback. You know, it looks like he's going to be the guy who's who's kind of leading the way for the running backs. But Yaboa, I think, could be a guy who, who really, I mean, what what a talent he is, and to be able to get him and bring him in um, as an undrafted free agent—that's, I mean, that that's really surprising to me, you know. And I, I think if they didn't go where where they went with all the defense, they probably would have drafted him just to try to make sure he comes in and, uh, you know, is, is on this roster. But, uh, I think with his size being, you know, six four two thirty five like that, he's a physical guy. He, he could also be a presence in the red zone. So you might have a case where you can, you know, throw Chris Herndon out there with Kenny Eboa or, you know, have uh, Ryan Griffin out there. And if, if he, if he remains on this roster, um, it, but it'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, I think they have some, some guys there and, and the other thing Was you mentioned The holes Yeah there, there are still Some some things that You know I think that They really do think The cornerback situation Is in better shape Than we all Think it is Because I think they would have Made some other moves At this point Maybe Like you mentioned June 1st cuts And that kind of thing Maybe somebody shakes free um, But um, Because they haven't Done anything now I think You know Until Up to this point I think they might have some faith in some of those young guys to be able to step up and and be starting material. Um, The other, the other uh, spot that I find interesting that they haven't addressed yet is the backup quarterback spot. And they keep talking about James Morgan and Mike White, but I think you really do need to have a veteran in there who you hope never plays, you know, (laughs) and not, you don't want to see him playing. You want to see Zach Wilson play, but I think you need to have that security that, uh, because we saw how that could go wrong over the last few years too when Sam Darnold was hurt and uh, Trevor Simeon and uh, Luke Falk and uh, so on and, you know, had to go out there. So we'll see. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nick Foles if the Bears uh, let him loose. I, I think um, if Nick Mullins shows that he's healthy, uh, maybe he's an option with the uh, familiarity he has with the 49ers offense. So, um, yeah, I think there's still things that will happen uh, post June first, um, that you know they—they're they, not. This roster is not yet set for sure.
1: Dennis, even though the roster isn't completely set, it's mostly set, so we know what the majority of the key pieces are going to be. So, with that in mind, and knowing what the Jets' schedule is going to be now, what are your expectations for them this season?
2: It's it's tough to say, but I I think if you go from you know a couple of wins to six or seven and you see some positive signs from the offense and the quarterback and, and allowing him to kind of make the mistakes that he'll need to make in order to kind of grow and develop, then, you know, I think that'll be fine. I think um, can this roster surprise people. Yeah. I mean, every year, right Scott, we see a team come out of nowhere in the league and, like wow they're a, like a playoff contender really you know and and you know as a Jets fan you hope okay maybe that could be the case with this team I I don't know it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds starting in week one when they're at Carolina and playing Sam Darnold you know <laughs> just like okay let's let's uh let's start this way and uh you know you got that that storyline right off the bat and then they play New England and then they're at Denver uh but against Tennessee, it's not easy. That's not an easy way to start for a rookie quarterback. And then they, they go to London and play the Falcons before they have the bye. Um, so, I mean, it, there could be some, some rough patches there. But I think if they if they can win, you know, if they go 7-10, and 10, I don't think you'll be completely disappointed as long as, as things look better than they have the last couple of seasons, you know, and and that there's this promise. And I think there will be, I think that's the thing. And there will be inevitable mistakes made, but you know, could there be, I mean, when you look at some of these, like we've been talking about, Scott, some of the weapons, like on offense, it might be able to put up some points. It's whether they'll be able to stop the other team on defense that we'll have to see because of that secondary with the question marks back there.
1: Dennis, final question because it wouldn't be a podcast with the two of us if I didn't ask. What have you been listening to lately and do you have any concerts on tap this summer because finally concerts are back?
2: Yeah, man. It's awesome. I I love like seeing that I love getting my my email every morning from Ticketmaster or <laughs> Live Nation like so and so, you know, it has a show in your area like that that kind of thing. So it's cool to see. I don't have anything on tap yet. I'm kind of looking at I'm I'm going old school like my my new metal alt um you know past and looking at Korn playing um in Camden at some point over the summer. Um I, I forget who they're playing with. Um but the, um like Shine Down and they are playing two bands that I really like, especially Seether. Um I forget who. I think I was supposed to see Corn and Faith No More um, right before the pandemic. I think that they were scheduling that tour leading into like the summer and then that got ultimately canceled like everything else. But um, yeah, I think you're going to just see from now until next year, you're just going to see bands hit the road because they've been dying to hit the road and you'll see shows popping up everywhere. So I, I can't wait. It'll be, it'll be you spur of the moment too. Like, Hey, you know, this, you know, these guys are playing like, all right, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm just, I gotta, I gotta get that outlet again just to, mm-hmm. like to break free from all of this stuff, you know, and just go and rock a little bit. So um, I've been listening. Now it's not new. It's been out a year and a half. I actually tweeted about this, but fear inoculum by tool. I, I just, I finally just, like sat down listened to it the whole way through i was doing some work in the basement and it's just like man that is like an audio experience those guys and i didn't give it a chance when it first came out because everybody said you know it's too long it's like you know the songs are too long there's seven songs but they go on forever but just listening to it man i can't stop now just listening to that that, uh, that album like Whenever I'm in the car Just going here or there I have it And I haven't switched it out In a while So um, With some other Other uh, Albums that came out During the pandemic Chevelle a band from Chicago Who I really like I've seen them live A couple of times And they're really good That album is excellent um, I like the Foo Fighters album The Medicine and Midnight it, it, it was a little different From the past couple of albums But I pretty much like anything They, they put out I mentioned Seether um, earlier. They have an album that came out probably about a year ago or maybe a year ago in the summer, and it's hard, and I, I love that. I, I, I want to see them live with some of the songs from that album because some of them are, are really hard. And, Scott, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you with this one. And this is an album that came out, I think, right before the pandemic or maybe right at the beginning. And it's a band that you will be surprised by. Bush, remember those guys? Mm -hmm. You know, come down and and, remember that Mm -hmm. that band. Sixteen
1: Stone was that big album.
2: That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they their album, The Kingdom, is excellent. That that I never expected. I I, it was one of those things where it like it came on. I had um, like Pandora or um, uh, Amazon. Just kind of, and I heard a song. I'm like, huh what is that song? And it's, you know, what is that album? And started listening. I'm like, damn, I like this album. So that was one of my big surprises of the pandemic, like just kind of listening to that album and really digging it and being like, you know what? I would see Bush in concert again. Yeah. I would see them 20 years after 16 stones. I, I like that. So I think I'm just dying for any music at this point, man. I, I would go see, uh, I don't know, Miley Cyrus at this point. And as a matter <laughs> of fact, she was at the Super Bowl playing as I was walking into the Super Bowl <laughs> in Tampa So uh, with, with, uh, uh, with Billy Idol. Oh, what a combination. (laughs) Holy smoke. Yeah, man. (laughs) Dennis,
1: you are the reason that Tom Brady won. He pointed you out in the crowd and said, I'm doing this one for Dennis. This ring is for Dennis Wozak, who's celebrating his 25th year. It was funny because while you were talking about Bush, in my head, all I'm thinking is, I don't want to come back down from this cloud because that was one of the classic (laughs) songs from that era. And also, that's right. when you were talking about Seether, all I could think in my head was, Frail, the skin is dry and pale, the pain will never fail, and so we go back to The Remedy, another phenomenal song from them. That was yes, when I first man. really noticed them.
2: That's uh, Yeah, man, that, that's, that was good by you, by the way. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> you and I have very
1: similar taste that's in music. That's why we get
2: along, man. It's exactly. The Jets and music. By the way.
1: Blackstone Cherry, I know it came out late last year But their album that they released at the end of last year Human Condition is terrific too I think they're touring And shout out to my friend Paul Who just got a job at the record label And he promised to hook me up with free tickets So if he does, I might have to shoot you a text, Dennis Maybe we'll see if we can go see Blackstone Cherry for free or something this summer But I love where your head is at with music I like where your head is at with the Jets too Because much like the rest of us, you're excited, not necessarily as a fan, but you're excited because this means that you may get to actually cover a team that has some real enthusiasm <laughs> around it, not just with the fan base, but also with the people Inside the building Dennis Wozak Jr. My buddy who is celebrating 25 years Working for the Associated Press Unbelievable Great milestone Congratulations again Dennis Thank you so much for coming on the show To talk about everything that's been going on With the Jets this offseason I know you got plenty of stuff going on With the Associated Press So you didn't make it there for 25 years for nothing You've always got first rate work going on (laughs) For people that want to check it out Follow you on social media How can they do that And what do you have cooking?
2: I uh I'm at uh, DWA 73 DWAZ73 on Twitter um and you could also uh find me at the AP news, uh dot .com and if you search for jets all the jet stuff is up is on there and uh um yeah I mean right now just getting ready for uh OTAs and then mini camp and then Got a little bit of a break, and then we'll be right back in the the mix and looking forward to it. And uh, appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a good time. Always a party
1: when Dennis stops by, so make sure that you're joining in on the party by not only listening – to the show when he comes on but also reading his work with the Associated Press and following him on Twitter as well and make sure that you follow our work over at playlikeajet.com we got some great stuff up there and on our YouTube channel including Kayla Pace with Pace's playbook her video commentaries we've got film breakdowns the most recent ones are of Zach Wilson individual game breakdowns from Luke Grant so make sure that you're watching those and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and give us a 5 star review on the podcast on iTunes if you you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us We'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com
2: i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at
0: LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void rope prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?